Ladies and gentlemen, we are going outside the box for the next few minutes. You're going to be listening to the most exciting guests in the sport that you love, lacrosse. I tell you to be different and creative and think this way, a much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 142, to be exact. It's your boy KB coming at you from Underground Studios and joining me, as he does every week, as part of his internship with Underground Sports Philadelphia, the one and only Harry the K coming to us from Indianapolis Indiana. First epi out in Indiana. Feels good. How's uh how's the college life? You're in you're in your uh your your Indiana housing now. How's, yep, how's the apartment. college life? It's going well. Uh still getting unpacked. Room still a mess, but the apartment's going well. Uh met up with a couple friends the past couple days, just been hanging out. Socially distant hanging out. Keep that keep that safe. Homie's wearing a mask. Got to keep that mask on. Uh, just getting ready for my classes. First year as a journalism major. Extremely excited. Let's go. First, first year as a journalism major, he's already got an internship. What yeah. a king. It's a major dub, I have to say. Dude, if you don't walk in major the first dub. day of classes and just flex on these people, being like, yeah, I'm like doing an internship right now. I mean, I got on my water bottle right here my OTB sticker. We out so here. I'm going to just be out here flexing like, hey. Check this out. This, yeah, is, my, this I, is my internship right here. I work for I this company. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Just chilling. Just chilling. You guys have an internship? Didn't think so. Yo, you guys you guys on a podcast? Oh, you're, hmm. you, you haven't recorded a podcast yet? What? <laughs> you're not on Apple Music, Spotify, all of our streaming sources? Oh, you, hmm. your voice isn't heard on any of these streaming? Uh, sucks. Hmm. Suck. <laughs> Yeah, We're I guess I'm, I guess I'm just ahead of the game out here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're such assholes, but it happens. Uh, just joking. It's just joking. Nah, it's Harrison's just... been killing it with his internship, uh, and you're gonna be hearing him on the podcast for quite some time. Because internship... I would love to keep staying. Hey, it's just vibing. It's just vibing. It's fun to record. I'm having a great time, and even though I'm out here, I still love. I still love doing this stuff. Exactly. And uh, before we get started, as always. Shout out to our kick-ass sponsors, Design Tree, our merch provider, dsgntree.com. Search outside the box. Get your Monday night lacrosse shirts. I'm so proud of that design. 
turned out so it's great. It's such a good design. Uh, it's dope as hell. Monday Night Lax. Just make it a staple of our lives. You can cop that. The OTB logo shirts. The NLL OTB logo shirts were a hit all NLL season long. We're only a month out from the NLL draft. So gear up for the draft. Uh, our Chef Rambo, the OG Chef Rambo shirt, is in there. Yes, sir. Uh, the Chef Rambo shirt, the Newman Nukes, all that good stuff. The Ding Ding Boxing Lacrosse Gloves, all of our merch in our storefront. Use the promo code DSGN5. Save yourself $5 off at checkout. And, of course, the homies over at Tomahawk Shades. We'll talk to you guys about them in a little bit. But use our promo code USP at checkout. Saves you 25% off your order, and all orders right now, $75 and over, qualify for free shipping. And like we say almost every episode, because he's just waiting to pull the trigger. Harrison's got like 13 pairs in his cart right now. Yeah, just got to get the money in Locked first, and but... loaded. You know, he's got a, he's got a food shop first. But yeah, after that, he's going to go and protect his eyes when he's outside, when he's inside, all that good stuff. Tom Hawks, quality product, affordable price. Go check them out. Right now. Uh, Harrison, unfortunately, there's no lacrosse games to talk about because we are, as you said, in lacrosse limbo right now, just waiting yeah. for the draft, which we'll discuss in a little bit. But luckily, we have some awards to discuss and uh, the nominees for said awards in the PLL for the championship series. Yep. Overall, Subtle flex, myself and Joe Keegan both had the same predictions. Both went six of seven. Yeah, I mean, there's not many surprises here, realistically. Like, the awards went to who they should have gone to. My main surprises were with some of the nominees, not the winners themselves. Yeah, I think I only had one surprise, uh, winner-wise, and wasn't even truly a surprise, like, I understand it, um, mm-hmm. but let's go through these. So the Gate Brothers midfielder of the championship series nominees were Tom Schreiber, Sergio Perkovic, and John House, and the award all of them went to Captain America. All of them highly deserving of this nomination, but Tommy's just Tommy. Come on now. He was He's electric. Always doing the thing, putting up goals, putting up assists. One of the best all-round offensive midfielders in the world, if not the best all-round offensive midfielder in the world. If not the best player. Exactly. So, no um, shock there. John House was great for whips. Absolutely. I, he, I truly saw an argument, though, for Sergio Perkovic to win this award, and that's all of the Redwoods bias aside that I have. Um, he was He took his game to another level. Like, he... Unlock the the two bomb, you know, cheat code from inside the, of him, and from the parking uh, lot. You know, there was a, a legitimate case that could be made for Sergio winning this award. Honestly, uh, House uh, he brought that momentum from the championship game he had last year into this year perfectly. He continued to play really well, dominated on both sides of the ball. Actually, he was pretty good in transition a couple times, but. And Perk as well. He just exploded this year. He had a solid season last year. I mean, he showed how good he was for the Redwoods in that really, de- like, 
that midfield in which it's hard to get really noticed with Kyle Harrison and Joe Walters and all those great. Now Miles Jones. And now Miles Jones. And this year he just turned it up. And I think but Miles again, Jones being there unlocked a new out. game for Sergio. Because they could play that two-man game up top really from outside the arc. And you can't sleep on him from anywhere on the field. And he and proved that this year. And you're picking your poison with either one of those guys. Exactly. It's like, we can double Miles, but then we're leaving Sergio open. We can double Sergio, we're leaving Miles open. What are we going to do? Honestly, watch out for Sergio next season to be in the running again for midfielder of, this year, uh, of the year, if not winning it. he He's going to be good. And he's very young as well. What, he's 25, 26, something like that? Yeah, he's pretty young. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely got time to win this award at one point in his career and wouldn't be shocked if it comes soon because he was dynamic as all hell exactly but again tom schreiber the, just absurd the brody merrill long stick midfielder of the championship series nominees were michael Earhart, scotty ratliff friend of the show and reese eddy you yeah, could make an argument yeah. for all three of these guys top to bottom Earhart obviously came on big time during the playoffs, had his moments with the two bombs and just electric defensive skills, getting ground balls, you know, on the wing for Joe Nardella. Scotty Ratliff was Scotty Ratliff, like just all around fantastic. And then Reese Eddy was one of my surprises. We didn't talk about it on the last show that we talked about, like our surprises and disappointments. Reese was awesome for Chrome. In his first year in the PLL. He really was. I mean, that whole Chrome team, just in general, that defense and those long stick midfielders came up clutch for them this year. Really, that was the main reason they had that turnaround from the two wins they had last year to going to... They made it to what? The quarterfinals this year? Semis? Uh, Uh, The quarters. They lost in the first round to uh, to Chaos. Chaos. Chaos, yeah. But they are one of those teams that could definitely, in the future next year, be a deep threat in the playoffs, and their long poles will be integral to that. Yeah, I, th- I think Reese is only going to continue to get better now that he's got a year of experience, essentially, if you want to call it a year, quote-unquote, of PLL a, action. You know, I, it was, I was enough experience, I think. Thoroughly impressed by Reese Eddy. The award ends up going to Michael Earhart, makes a ton of sense. We called that. We, we called, called that, that last from episode. the beginning. Um, not much and else to say out. about that one. Um, the one spot where I didn't get it right, the hard hat SSDM, the George Boyardi hard hat SSDM of the championship series nominees, Ty Warner, Jack Near, Will House, who has an incredible Instagram handle, as does Jack Near. Uh, Jack Near's Instagram handle, Jack Not Close. Nice. And uh, Will House is Waffle House 06. Nice. Uh, I thought Jack Near was going to win this one. He was just a game changer for the Redwoods. Defensively, scored a goal, kind of got the momentum going in that Whip Snakes game in the playoffs. Um, but Ty Warner takes home the award. Can't complain. And uh, we learned today that Ty Warner is uh, calling it a career as well as he gets set for for med school. And we'll get into uh, how we found all of that out 
later We're on in the show. Major mic drop moment. Humongous mic drop moment from Matai to um, go But Ty Warner takes home the, the SSDM award of the championship series. Can't really complain. All three of these guys were fantastic for their squads. Um, not much else to say about that one. Yeah, I mean... Ty was phenomenal this year. Jack was phenomenal, and so was Woolhouse. So, again, all three of those guys fully deserving of this nomination. I really do like Ty Warner winning because I like Ty Warner a lot as a player. I'm going to miss watching him play a lot. I do think Jack Near should have won, though, just because I, I tweeted this out earlier. Uh, he was the N'Golo Conte of this Redwoods team. You look to your left, there he is. You look to your right, there he is. He was flying around the field like a maniac, picking up ground balls, making offensive uh, contributions as well. That diving goal was insane. I, but there's not enough nice things I could say about all three of these guys. Uh, good on Ty, Wa- Ty Warner for winning. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and before we keep it going, later on in the show, we're going to be joined by the voice of the Premier Lacrosse League, Mr. Chuck Lott will be joining us for an electric, hilarious, fun conversation. So stay tuned for that. Um, the Dave Petromala defenseman of the championship series. I said it from the get-go. Who was going to win this before the nominees were even announced? Uh, the nominees were Matt Dunn, Jack Rowlett, and Garrett Apple. And a lot of people talking about Garrett Apple. Being nominated, could have won. I'm a Redwoods guy. Harrison's a Redwoods guy. We both agree. Garrett Apple was not good in this championship series. Got suspended for a game. Was very just not big team guy in this championship series. Eddie Glazner, in my opinion, was far better than Garrett Apple. Matt McMahon led the league and caused turnovers as a defenseman. Was better, in my opinion, than Garrett Apple. Uh, Eli Gobrecht, friend of the show, no bias here. Eli was fantastic for the Archers this year. There were a number of different defensemen that, in my opinion, in Harrison's opinion, and a lot of people's opinions, I think, that should have been nominated for this award over Garrett Apple. Um, and that's no slight to Apple as a player overall. He just was, he did not have a good championship series. And anybody with, with an open eye could have seen that. He really did not. I mean, you go back to game one when he tried that over-the-body check on uh, Zed Williams and got blown by. Uh, that's where it really started for Apple because he wasn't having a great game before that, but after that, he just took a nosedive. Game two, he tries to kill Matt Gaudet with that cross-check to the head. And that right there is when I think his nomination for defenseman of the championship series should have gone straight out of the window. You get suspended in a game. You in a game out of what twenty, you miss one of your most your team's most important games, which they win without you in overtime. In overtime, you do not deserve that nomination. Yeah, it's I was, I was very shocked to see that Apple was nominated. Um, Jack Rowlett, I understood why he was nominated. Uh, my only questioning was that he got injured and missed time, but he did come back and played well, you know, in the playoffs. So, hat tip to Jack. I'm a big Jack Rowlett fan. 
um, of his game. I, I love the way he plays. I know him and Jared are only going to continue to grow together as the core of that chaos defense. Um, but I, I do feel that some guys got slighted, like Matt McMahon, like uh, Eli Gobrecht, and like Eddie Glazner. And all three of those guys, in my opinion, should have been nominated over Garrett Apple. Um, but either way, I don't think any of them were going to win the award because Matt Dunn was incredible the entire championship series and he walks away as the Dave Petromala defenseman of the championship series a big quiet rock in that center of the defense uh man did everything he could while being as like quiet and humble as he possibly could be at the same time man put his body on the line for his team he's playing goalie at one point in the championship game (laughs) in the championship game Right when uh, Chaos started going on that tear, too, he really slowed them down a little bit. Without him, who knows what would have happened in that game. He he just played perfect. He played the perfect defensive long stick role. He's one of the best for, three defensemen on the planet. Absolutely. It didn't matter who the other two nominees were, much like in other categories we're about to talk about. It didn't matter. Matt Dunn, clear winner. Yeah, shout out to Matt Dunn. Um, I was impressed just watching him. He was one of the the players on Whip Snakes that I thoroughly enjoyed watching. Like him and Zed and Joe, like those three were like wow. And obviously Rambo dishing out assists the way he did. But like if you had to pick one from each unit, like Zed at the top, Joe yep. taking faceoffs, and then Matt Dunn was just locked down defense throughout and uh absolutely 110 percent deserve this award yep the paul cantabine face-off athlete of the championship series nominees joe nardella our guy and connor farrell who had a fantastic sophomore season uh very as great I was as great. very impressed by by Connor this year. Yeah, Connor, great job in his second year. He came out and showed that he is here to stay. He is not a one season wonder. But come on now, it had to go to Joe. Joe was playing it absolutely out of his mind. had to. Seventy two percent chestnut checkers, ladies and gents. Chestnut checkers. Seventy two percent. I mean, I know it's a small sample size. But still, he was one of the few guys absurd. that just like he made the. We talked about it on the last episode when Joe came on too. Um, so like the last two episodes when I talked to Joe before the championship game, and then we talked about it on our last episode. Joe did the homework. He he studied the refs and learned their cadence and learned their tendencies, and that's what put him a step above everyone else. Not saying that Connor Farrell wasn't great because I was blown away by just the adjustments he made lifestyle wise losing the weight that he lost to you know be more of a lacrosse player than a two sport athlete he lost a lot of that linebacker weight and i think that helped him a lot mobility wise uh at the stripe so hats off to connor farrell for a fantastic season i was blown away by connor farrell this year he had one game where he struggled um but overall he was great but joe nardello was playing out of his mind and uh one million percent deserve this one and uh not saying it's a little podcast science but we'll we'll take a, dub. a little bit we'll take a dub when we can get a, dub. a little bit um 
the Oren Lions goalie of the championship series, Blaze Reardon, Kyle Burnlore. Come on obvious now. nominations. Again. But to say it's not going to Blaze, you're out of your fucking mind. Blaze broke his own records multiple times, was standing on his head, quote-unquote bounced back from, you know, getting chirped by Matt Gaudette, and I feel like the like the world knows who the hell Blaze Reardon is now. Like, yeah. it, it's no, like, small thing that during the championship game, Teddy Bruschi is quote-tweeting Blaze Reardon saves. Like, come on. Like, and Blaze is one of our guys. Like, he's a Philly guy. We we get the opportunity to, you know, spend time with Blaze during wing season, so we know Blaze on a much more personal level than a lot of these other guys. And uh, we're fortunate for that. And to see Blaze and know the, the type of work that he puts in, uh, you know, throughout, you know, getting ready for goalie season, he, he took his game to the next level, and he was a leader on and off the field. He was fantastic, and, and Blaze 1 million percent deserves this award. I'm calling it right now. Watch within the next five years the goalie position, and goalies wearing the number 10 to blow up. Or not number 10. What number is Blaze again? He's five? 10 in the box game. 10 in the box game. He's five. Zero. He's zero, yeah. Watch, watch a lot of goalies uh, start wearing that number zero, young goalies specifically, and watch more people start paying Timmy respect. Troutner. Tammy Troutner. That's another one. Two number zeros right there who are revolutionizing the goalie game as we speak. I really think that a lot of kids, like when they see a player like Tom Brady, they want to be the quarterback wearing number 12. When they see Sidney Crosby in hockey, they want to be that center wearing 87. When they see number zero in cage, they want to be Blaze Reardon. He is going to be the, one of the biggest names in lacrosse for years to come. Yeah, he is he's, already the, this. he's already there. Like, Blaze there. is... And, and the, the wild thing is, too, is like you look at some athletes in any sport and and you think of the athletes that are like one name athletes like Jordan, Kobe, Blaze. That's Blaze. Like Blaze is a one name athlete in my opinion. Like you don't call him Blaze Reardon, you don't call him you call him Blaze. And I think Blaze, that Blazer. that in and of itself is just a testament to how good of an athlete Blaze is. It, it also helps that Blaze is just a kick ass name. Oh, for sure. Like He's got a kick-ass name. He's a kick-ass goalie. Everything about him is just on point right now. I am so excited to see him in the box game this year. Like, just go, Blaze. Yeah. Man's a legend. Absolutely electric. Um, I want to see if I can pull up. I can't find is that. Uh, but there was a comment from a, a certain Whipsnakes player about Blaze winning the award over Burnlore and Miss me with that nonsense. You watch Blaze this entire championship series. There's no doubt in anybody's yeah. mind outside of, you know, Whipsnake's players that Blaze was the winner of the goalie of the year. Yes, Burnlord did have a higher save percentage, but you take into account that Blaze faced so many more shots yes. than him and had 119 saves. He made 
119 saves and only allowed 75 goals. Are you joking me? All right, so question for you, Harrison. You're you're a longtime listener of the show before you became our intern. You know the 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 words, the legend of the backpack boys. They, you, it's a, a player like Josh Byrne and Dane Smith did for the Buffalo Bandits. That's where it all started. Yeah, they put the backpack on, and and they're carrying the team. Are we inducting Blaze Reardon into the Backpack Boys? Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, those first four games where Chaos lost everything, the only person keeping them in those games was Blazer. He was dragging them through. And that's why he deserves to win round. this award. He, he yes. kept chaos in every single game. And then his pre-playoff speech, that by itself makes him deserved to be in the Backpack Boys. Because his speech, I feel like, gave chaos that momentum, that fire in their guts to go out there and say, you know what? We are chaos. This is us. We will go out there and kick your ass, score goals, have fun doing it, and we're going to the final this year. We don't care what you thought about our opening round. This is us. Yeah. Blaze, and that's why he deserves to be there. Blaze put this team on his back, and they don't get to the championship series no matter how good Josh Byrne was, no matter how good the, the team clicked once the playoffs started. Without Blaze, they don't get there. I'm sorry. Absolutely. I don't care that they went 0-4 in group play. That's not Blaze's fault. None of it was Blaze's fault. He made 20-plus saves in three straight games in that round. Stupid. Stupid. It's dumb. Those are absurd numbers. The man is ridiculous. Absolute monster. Shout out to Blaze. Newest member of the OTB Backpack Boys. Absolutely. The um, attack yeah. of the championship series. All three of these guys could have easily won this. Zed Williams, Josh Byrne, Matt Rambo. I mean, you had the top goal scorer. You had the man who caught fire in the playoffs and, what, the second top goal scorer there? And then the highest assister, top point getter in the league. I so, mean, one, Josh Byrne unlocked a new level of his game during the championship series as a whole. Not even just the playoffs, but as a whole. Josh Byrne elevated his game, and he's in the same breath as these elite players now, in my opinion. Like, Absolutely. When you mention Zed, Rambo, Tom Schreiber, you know, these elite guys, Josh Byrne, Byrne is in that group for me now. I mean, I think this he had been playing extremely well. Like, he was a so great damn player. Well. He was he's a great now player. now elite. Elite, exactly. I think the click really happened for me, though, once he scored the goal. Yeah. I, I don't even have to specify which goal it is because you all know what the goal I'm talking about is. Make it the logo. And, I mean, we there were stories coming out about how, like, Josh Byrne could be the next face in the game, and, and that was coming out during the preseason, and he did just that. Like, he is a, a superstar. In this game, like he has reached superstar status. When you talk about Matt Rambo, Blaze Reardon, Zed Williams, Tom Schreiber, like we said, you know, the list goes on and on with some like Jules Henningberg, I think is in there. And obviously he didn't get to play this year to really like 
solidify, but I, I would say Jules is in that conversation based Joey off of his season last year. Joe Nardella, Trevor Baptiste, like these elite players right now. I'm talking about right Ray now, Johnson, guys. Like this isn't all time. This is right now, 2020 elite group. Josh Byrne is there now, and that's a, a hat tip to him, you know. So Zed Williams comes home with the award, obviously. Top goal scorer, first year in the league. We say it all the time, death taxes Zed Williams scoring goals. He did just that. You know, he he was like, hey, guys, like, I've been doing this my entire life. Like, I scored 400-plus goals in high school. I, I did the damn thing at Virginia. I did it in the MLL. I do it in the NLL. I'm here to do it in the PLL now. Like, you you might have underestimated me, but I'm 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 here and I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. And the fact that the first comment that shows up on the nominations post on Instagram is Matt Rambo saying Zed with two crowns, like that says it all. You know, your it teammate really vouching for you even when you're nominated says it all. And like I've said before, the Matt Rambo Zed Williams friendship is something I never knew I needed, but it is beautiful. I mean, just think about Zed's scoring record, though. Hat-trick, four goals, four goals, hat-trick, zero goals, six goals. He made up for a zero-goal game immediately, and he did it in 52 seconds. Unbelievable. Four goals, 52 seconds. That is the craziest stat I think I can possibly imagine for an attackman. All three of these guys were the – I think they were the three best players in in my opinion, offensively during the championship Outside series. of Schreiber. Outside of Schreiber, yeah. Top four right there. But any of them could have won it. I mean, Matt won it last year. Zed won it this year. Don't be surprised if Josh wins it yeah. next year. Very impressed by all three of those guys. Um, and then Zed Williams also brings home the Golden Stick, which is the leading goal scorer award. Maybe, Maybe I'll sleep with that stick too. <laughs> Uh, and then our all-tournament attackmen, so the all-tournament team, Zed Williams, Josh Byrne, and Matt Rambo are your attack. Yep. Your Absolutely. midfield, Tom Schreiber, Michael Earhart, Joe Nardella. No shock. The defense, Matt Dunn, Jack Rowlett, Garrett Eppel. You know our feelings on that one. We don't need to do this again. And then our guy, Blazer. Blazer Reardon gets the goalie for the all-tournament team. And uh, once Joe Keegan drops the all-film team, we'll also be diving into that because that's how you know you truly made it in the lacrosse world is when you make it to Joe Keegan's all-film team. Except if you know you're already part of the all-tournament team and you can't make it. Exactly. You you know, it's the two echelons. Like, you made the all-tournament team, but then you know, like, you did some really special stuff that deserves to be recognized when you make the all-film team. So we'll also be discussing that when that becomes available. But right now, before we get into uh, Ty Warner hanging up the cleats and being a month out from the NLL entry draft, we're going to kick it to our awesome conversation with the voice of the PLL, Mr. Chuck Lott. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are kicking off the quote-unquote off-season guest list with a bang, and... uh, it's it's taken long enough to get this this next guest onto our show. You know him as the voice of the Premier Lacrosse League, 
the one and only Mr. Chuck a lot. What's going on, man? Thank you for taking time to come on the show. It's It's been a long time coming, uh, but super thrilled to have you on. Hey, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Um, you know, it's there, there's a time and place for everything, and I think everything worked out perfectly for us to happen have this conversation today absolutely um (laughs) first of all i have to say i am a huge fan of your work you know everything that you do for the pll um you know we were fortunate enough last season to be able to travel to most of the uh the tour sites and get to see what Uh, you do you are one of the best in the game so hats off to you for everything you do for the league as the voice of the pll i really appreciate that man That, that it means a lot it really does mean a lot, you know, being accepted into the into the lacrosse community like I have been. Um, it's, it's been a blast, man. It really has. It really has. So let's start there. How did you end up kind of perusing your way and, and finding a home with the PLL? Um, well, I met I met Paul Rabel in the spring of 20, 2018. Um at a at a New Balance event, I was hosting for the New York Mets at their stadium. Um, and while we were at this event, I was talking to Paul. He was the only the only athlete that was there, and he was he was doing some dynamic stretches. And I'm like, oh man, he seems really cool and knows what he's talking about. So, you know, I'm just gonna talk to this guy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we exchanged information and, and I started, I went back home and looked him up and I was like, okay, he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we stayed in contact. Um, and then later that year, I saw he was coming to one of my games that I host at Madison Square Garden. And yep, I, he was coming to a game that I was hosting at Madison Square Garden. So I, I shot him a text. I said, we should, you know, just I'm going to say what's up at the game. And he was like, oh, we got something to talk about now. So let's talk. And, and that was the game that, uh, you know, he, he debuted the league at the Garden. And that entire ride home from the from the Garden, I was just reading about the league and, you know, what they wanted to do. And I was I sent them an email that night. I was like, I don't care what we have to do how it works out but i want to be a part of it you know i want to help out and um initially i was just brought in to be the host for the premiere zone and by week three that evolved into me becoming the the in-stadium voice for the league and uh the rest is history man and that decision could not have been any more perfect because your goal calls, especially the one from last season's championship game that, you know, obviously went viral when Rambo scores in overtime. Uh, your goal calls are top of the line elite. I, you know what, man? I appreciate it. It's, um, it's funny because PA, PA was never really my thing. Like, I've, always, I've done it. I've done it for, um, what is this, 20, this 2020. So I've done it for seven years now. Uh, for women's soccer, women's volleyball, men and women's basketball at St. John's in Queens. Um, but uh, yeah, man, when I when I started to really learn the sport, learn the game, you know, learn my calls and you know where I could get in and get out, man, I just I, I had so much fun, and I still have a lot of fun. It's just it's so much, 
it's so much fun. So that's that's why that clip went viral, man, because it was just a lot of fun. It really that game. I still get goosebumps watching that game even today. Absolutely. I mean, let's take it back even further. What made you want to get into, you know, getting involved in sports, sports broadcasting, PA and everything that you're doing now? When was kind of the first time that you were like, yeah, this is what I want to do? Oh, man. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm from Flint, Michigan, so I, I've been a I've been a sports head my entire life. Um, my dad played basketball, track, and football. My mom was a really good basketball player. She actually led the country in rebounds in high school at one point. Um, and then I went to Albion College, and I, I was playing. I was running track, and then I did cheerleading. And uh, my cheerleading career is actually what what got all of this started. I was hosting cheerleading events across the country. And when I moved out to New York, um, they thought it would be a good idea for me to host some games. And, you know, I, when I was living in the Midwest, it, there wasn't that much of an opportunity to make it a career. Uh, but as soon as I got out to New York, man, and people started, I started talking to people, I realized how much opportunity there was. And, you know, at that point, I was just trying to figure out where I could put myself in. And, um, you know, so a lot of my career, it's been a lot of hard work, but it's also been a lot of right place at the right time. So I can't tell you that there was any one, any one time or moment in particular where I thought I was going to really, you know, move with this. It was just like, all right, I, I don't like to be average at anything. And so when I get in, I'm going to work as hard as I can and learn as much as I can to, to, move from good to great so that's that's where all of that has has come from and i feel like anything in sports whether if you're playing covering you know anything involved with sports it is literally you have to be in the right place at the right time you do man you you absolutely do um you know i i learned this a long time ago um success equals preparation uh opportunity and a little bit of luck and, and, and that, that has been, that has embodied my entire career. Um, I'm fortunate enough to, 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 to do something and apparently be good at something that, um, you know, allows me to see the world, to interact with so many different people. And, uh, you know, the most important piece for me is that my son can be, be with me, uh, while I'm doing what I do. So, yeah, I mean, so that's, uh, everything from, Everything from your Twitter feed just goes to show how, you know, and it's the number one thing in your Twitter bio is dad, you know, and I think oh, yeah. that's one of the coolest things, too, is like you are family first, your dad first, and then everything else kind of falls into place. Yeah, man, it's, um, it, that, you're right. I mean, I, I changed it. I changed it for that reason, because, um, you know, that, that is the most important thing for me. Um, my father, I have my father have my father my my entire life uh, i've had both of my grandfathers uh, in my life uh, up until the age of 29 and you know it, it it went without saying that my son would be able to have me within arm's reach you know for for his life and um i'm i'm allowed to i'm allowed to continue that now with your time with the PLL so far you've witnessed a ton of you know 
insane moments, crazy games. Who is your favorite player to watch as you've kind of oh, learned the sport? Man. Who, who kind of like gets your jaw dropping every time that they've got the ball in their stick? Oh my gosh. There is a list, but <laughs> there is absolutely a list, but just off the top of my head, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with, well, I'm going to kick it off two ways. Zed Williams sits alone um, because, you know, I obviously introduced to him this year. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm stepping up my college lax game now, but, um, you know, introduced to him this year. But Tom Schreiber, man, when that when that guy, Captain America, gets the, the ball, man, you got to watch out. Um, you know, I really love calling him when he's just running, when he's in, in full stride. Like, you never know when he's just going to pull up and, and score. It's it's insane. Um, so we got Zed. We got Tom. I mean, favorite, though? I don't I don't know if I have a favorite, though. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's Sergio just so Pernavik much talent. The, the splash, it is so much talent. The, the, this year's Splash Brothers, um, you know, we had a lot of fun calling for those guys. Um, Turk is from Michigan. I'm from Michigan, so... You know, it's really cool for me to call for him. Um, you know what? Grant Amit this year was that, – that boy was a lot of fun to call, man. He was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Blaze. Blaze Reardon is an incredible goalie. He is unreal. Uh, yeah, man. It's, it's, so it's a lot of fun to really watch him. And, and I, you know, I give him so much props for rebounding the way that he did in the, in the, in the championship series. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't even call it a rebound. You know, he had a tough game against the Chrome, uh, but it was it was that 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 God that chirping that mm-hmm. really, you know, that was the headline. But Blaze didn't really have a bad game. It was just you know how much God that was talking. Um, and side note, talking is a part of the game. So yes, everybody who's talking you. about God that is like, yo man, calm down because the PLL offers the fans that that avail- that that reach to hear what happens at the games. If every other league had that op- that option, you would hear so much more from every other league. Exactly. So, you know, people talking about Gaudet, man. I, I'm not trying to hear that because Gaudet did what what players do. Um, but anyways, yeah, you know. I I even you know took the time on our our website. I wrote a blog post comparing Matt Gaudet to Jigsaw from the Saw movies. Because uh-huh. he he kind of just got into these guys' heads and you know made them you know fight off the the versions of themselves that they didn't want right. to you know kind of deal with, and it was like that mental aspect of the game that is part of the game, and it it played to Gaudet's advantage throughout his entire rookie season. I think it did, it did, it did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, uh, for me, like. Paul Rabel and Kyle Harrison, you know, those are the older guys in the game. Um, but they still got it. You know, they mm-hmm. still show us that they got it. Um, you know, and, and Paul and Kyle have become good friends of mine. Um, just learning about not so much the game, but, you know, but the the men that they are. You know, learning about the men that they are. So that makes it more fun to, for me to watch them play. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I can't give you – can't give you a favorite player. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got a whole list. Um, I mean, I can give you like a favorite call, like John Hoss. 
saying John Hoss's name, you know, that's one of my favorite calls because it, it comes from the throat. You know, you got to say that one with your chest. Absolutely. So. I was going to say, your, your new call next season with Hugh Rambo is going to be dynamic. Oh, that's hilarious. What you said, man, bro. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I might have to actually make that a thing at a game. That really, would be really pure comedy. <laughs> uh, looking at the two seasons that you've been a part of the PLL now, obviously this year with everything going on with COVID-19, you guys go bubble style, and then last year with the tour style, what were some of your favorite aspects of both? You know, looking at the, the travel and being able to kind of, you know, interact with so many different, you know, lacrosse fans across the country to this year, you guys kind of just being closer as a league in, in the bubble. Um, well, I will say, so last year was special because I got to interact with the fans a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, and then this year was special because I actually got to interact with the players a lot more this year. Um, you know, last year, I really didn't didn't get a chance to to – talk to the guys to interact with the guys um because i was running from the premiere zone up to the up to the booth for the games um but this year you know with the bubble with the bubble um i was able to work like we were working out together because we had one big weight room which was immaculate um <laughs> so yeah i mean each you know each each year had its had its advantages um, one year is for the people, for the people and the players, and or excuse me, for the people and the fans. And then this year was for the what for what for the players. Um, so you know everything was everything served its purpose, man. Um, it's I mean, like I said in the beginning, with you know just getting a chance to really interact and and, and engage with the lacrosse community, it's just been a lot of fun. You know, learning about all of these people, talking about talking to all of these people. Um, you know, and trying to grow the game, trying to get that exposure out there. And how much, you know, this season being able to interact with the players as much as you were able to being in the bubble, how much does that help, you know, your game day prep and, and your calls in the booth? Um, I mean, I'll honestly say it was a non-factor uh, because, you know, this year my, 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 uh, my game day prep was – you know, we we had to get to the to the stadium, what, four hours before the game. And because I'm just a PA announcer, I went to the gym and worked out for a good there hour go. and a half before every game. Then I would go to the cafeteria and get a tea. And then I would head up to the booth and call the game. So, um, you know, it was it was all good. In those Chrome games, how much of a relief was it that those jersey numbers were changed from last season? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kyle, let me tell you, that is the first thing we noticed. That's the first thing we noticed when Chrome came out to play that first game. I said oh, Chrome man. started 1-0 just for that reason. Right? <laughs> that is hilarious that you said that and noticed it because it was tough last year. Last year, being in the in the press box, and especially those night games, trying to differentiate a four, a seven, a one, and a nine was like hell on earth. Yeah, man. Um, it was well, but the other thing that helped me out. So, you know, this year, I, I about two or three weeks before the series, um, every night my son and I would sit and watch games from last season, um, and then I want to say a week before the series. I took all of the rosters and I studied the rosters. So 
um, you know, just to get my timing up in the booth, to get my timing together. So I was, you know, I had that that pace to call the games. Um, so the, the jerseys definitely helped, but uh, I did my own homework to as a as insurance. What kind of you know differences do you have from all the sports that you've been able to call from you know soccer to football to now lacrosse and everything else that you've been able to do in your career? What kind mm-hmm. of separates lacrosse you know from the other sports, whether it's you know just differences of pace and things like that? What what kind of makes lacrosse unique for you? Um, uh, look, it's definitely one of the fastest games on two feet, and that makes it very exciting for me. Um, but but honestly, the the and, and, you know, everybody listening is probably going to go crazy. But the, the thing that excites me the most about lacrosse is just the fact that I'm learning everything about the game right now. I'm, I'm still learning. Um, lacrosse is probably the sport that I had the least amount of familiarity with. Um, you know, coming from Michigan, being a basketball guy and a, and a, and a football guy, uh, running track and doing stuff like that, I didn't have much uh, much experience with lacrosse and you know that has all obviously changed um, so you know the pace of the game is, is definitely fun um, but then too like strategies and the strategies and how you approach the game is so similar to the sports that I know so it makes it easier for me to to um, you know to uh to acclimate myself with and i apologize my son is uh he's playing with his water guns right now (laughs) (laughs) and um you're not alone in that my friend because i'm the same way i didn't start getting into this sport until the the winter of 2018 going into 2019 so i'm in that same boat of still kind of learning everything yeah um so but as far as differences man um i mean i guess i'll say for me as an announcer so, so I haven't actually PA'd uh, football, but I'm the I was the game day host for the XFL, the New York XFL team. Um, so as far as PA goes, you know, basketball, soccer, volleyball, and a little bit of uh, college lacrosse. I did some of Mike Channing Chuck's games at Stony Brook and some St. John's games. Um, what I like about lacrosse announcing is I have a lot more mobility. Um, the reason I didn't really like <clears throat> to PA a lot is because I was confined to a table. I was confined to the microphone. But, you know, as you can see from my videos, I have a decent amount of space to move around right. with, um, you know, in the booth. And I can still be uh, colorful and energetic. And, you know, I don't have to water anything down and, and not move when I'm announcing lacrosse. Um, because, you know, Mike, Mike Rabel and Paul Rabel, we all talked, um, throughout the course of last season and they just wanted it to be fun. They didn't have any, I won't say they didn't have any direction for me cause they did, but they didn't want to confine me too much. They wanted me to do what I do and they trusted me to figure that out along the way. And that's what we did. Yeah. And it's, it's worked flawlessly from you know start to finish and it's a joy to you know listen to you call these games but you bring up the xfl and i wanted to ask you a little bit about that too what was that experience like you know working uh, a spring football league a quote-unquote rebirth of a league too 
that had a lot of similarities to the PLL in terms of, you know, social engagement and interaction with fans. What was that like working uh, with the Guardians? It was incredible. Um, You know, I I had a lot of uh, a lot of freedom with the with the PLL. Um, But the XFL, when they reached out to me and told me that they needed a game day host, um, they basically gave me the keys and they were like, look, we know you've been doing this for a long time. We've seen what you do and we trust what you can do. And we're not going to tell you what you need to do. We're just going to let you go. Um, So that was that was different for me. It was a different experience. Um, Last season with the with the starting with the PLL, it really allowed me to um, just approach this portion of my career with a different lens. And so the XFL, man, the fans were all energized and ready. And, you know, it, it was a obviously closer, more intimate game. Um, so I was able to interact with the fans running all around MetLife Stadium doing promos and high fives. And it was so it was a lot of fun. man. it was very heartbreaking that the season ended uh, the way that it did, because between our team and the front office and what I was hearing from all the other teams, the league was successful. You know, we were, we were doing what we needed to do and what we set out to do. And some expectations were being exceeded. Um, You know, so I'm hoping that under the, under the star power of, of Dwayne, the rock Johnson and and Danny Garcia and, and, uh, and Redbird capital that we can bring that back and, and, and pick up where we left off. Because I think we really did have something special this t- that time around. Absolutely, I agree. You know, the the entertainment value alone from having football on that was a good product too. It wasn't you know yeah. a, a half-assed product that was kind of just nope. forced out there. It was genuinely yeah. good football for the most part. So I think if it's able to you know gain that traction again, and with the, like you said, the direction of you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson and and the rest of the the new owners of the XFL. I think there's a really good shot that we could have, you know, spring football again. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I think, you know, we have to wait and see what's going to happen with uh, with with uh, the NCAA. Um, but I, you know, I'm reading new XFL articles every day, trying to figure out trying to figure out when they're going to start. Um, you know, are we going to come back in next season? Are we going to wait until 2022? Um, I even saw. <laughs> And, and I think the world would think this is crazy, but I even saw an article that said the XFL should should try and start this fall because the NC, because uh, college football is gone and there are TV slots open, hmm. um, which is exactly what the PLL did with the Olympics. Um, you know, we, we capitalized on the absence of the Olympics and, and hopped into those those uh, those TV slots and. While it's not a bad idea for the XFL, uh, logistically and, and, and organizationally, I don't know if that's even possible. Trying to get, trying to get all the teams and everything together in, you know, w- what essentially is a month right now. Yeah, that's going to be tough. So I don't see that happening. Uh, you bring up the Olympic time slot and and NBC, knowing that you know your voice. I definitely heard it, and I'm sure thousands upon thousands of others heard it. To know your voice was on, you know, NBC in prime time during when the Olympics were going to be on TV. How cool was that for you? It was pretty cool, man. Um, it, it was, <laughs> you know, it's 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 um, <clears throat> it's different for me because every other role that I have, I'm in front of the camera. Um. And, and with this, I'm just a voice. So it's it, it, it's it's fun because I get I do get to approach it differently. 
Um, but the first game, my mom called me at the first media timeout. <laughs> she was like, I heard you. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, I mean, for, for my mom and my family, that, that was really cool. Uh, my son was at home and he watched the game too. And he was like, where's daddy? Cause he heard me, but he couldn't see me, you know, and he's, he's used to being able to look up at the screen and see me. Um, but it, you know what, man, it's cool, man. It's, um, <clears throat> it's, it's always a pleasure when, when Paul Burmeister is, is throwing, throwing it to me on, on NBC, man. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely special. Absolutely. And uh, one final question I have for you, because obviously with your voice in your Twitter bio, voice actor, if you could voice one character in a, a movie, TV show, <laughs> anything. Megatron. There we go. <laughs> I that that is a that's actually a, one of my dreams, man. I um when I was an actor in undergrad, uh, my first role was a villain, and no one thought I well, I won't say no one thought I could do it well, but everyone was like, "Whoa, that's going to be tough," because I'm a nice guy, you right? Know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a bad dude, man. You know, it's and, and so I had so much fun with that with that role because it was so not me and i think the challenge um that at least i told myself was you have to believe that you're the character you got to make yourself believe that you're the bad guy and um you know i had a blast with that and and just something about a good villain is it's just amazing i mean you know I'm, I'm a big mcu guy i'm a big comic book guy so thanos is you know he's up there thanos killmonger um and uh, but Megatron, man, Megatron is one of the greatest villains, and he does. I don't. I feel like he doesn't get a lot of respect. I agree. Uh, but <laughs> and 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 for everybody out there, I I encourage you to go watch uh, Transformers: War for Cybertron on, on Netflix because it's it's really it was just executed so well. Um, but yeah, Me- Megatron. That's that's definitely. I love love Max. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, I I'd be. Silly to not ask this on the pod because of your voice. I feel like it's only right that we get a signature Chuck Lot intro to this episode. So, if you want to do your thing and kind of intro this episode, and we could potentially use it on other episodes, we would be honored. Tell me, give me an idea of what you might be looking for. Um, Like you won't just like a regular drop like what's up everybody it's your host chuck lot on the outside the box podcast or do you want me to like you know give me give you a stadium welcome <laughs> uh let's go with the the signature drop but kind of that that goal call voice of yours oh, that is just, you know signature <laughs> chuck lot pll fans know you so well for it Ooh, outside the box all right all right ladies and gentlemen thank you for being a part of outside the box. Well, no, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. See, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm interjecting here, but live is easy for me and not easy for others. Tape is tough yes. because you got to make sure you get it right. You got you to get it. Oh, we got to do it again. We got to do it again. So my apologies for that. No worries. See, outside the box. Outside the box. Hmm. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going outside the box for the next 
few minutes, you're going to be listening to the most exciting guests in the sport that you love, lacrosse. I love it, man. I just I and we can revisit that. We can we can come back to that. that I just good. got chills listening to that. No joke. Did you? I, I have, okay. The hairs on my arms are standing up right now. <laughs> And that's just a credit to you. You are one of the best. Like I could listen to you read the phone book, and I'd be I'd be thrilled because you are one of the best in the game, my friend. I appreciate that, man. Uh, I'll let you know when I record my first audio book because I'm I'm trying to find find something to record. But in the meantime, I'll just keep reading the stories to my son when he goes to bed. Oh, sign <laughs> sign me up. I will be the first subscriber to that one. Um, you are the absolute best. Let everybody know where they can check you out on social because you are one of the best follows as well. You're hilarious. You're a gift master. Um, <laughs> let everybody know where they can check you out on social media. Uh, you guys can check me out on uh, tw- Twitter and Instagram at it's Chuck Lot. Um, I T S Chuck Lot. Um, yeah, I mean, hey man, once we get this COVID thing under control, I would love to uh, come live to you you and you but until then yeah man you got to check out the ig story and see how crazy my son gets <laughs> absolutely i'm excited for the water gun wars that i'm sure oh, are going man. to ensue um yeah. but yeah absolutely hopefully you know 2021 will be back on the pll tour and we'll be hanging out in uh different cities across the country and who knows we'll do a we'll do a in-person podcast uh yeah, man, once man, all definitely. that's ready to go Absolutely. I'm down for it. I cannot wait because <laughs> I'm sure everybody's going stir crazy. But I will say that, um, you know, patience is a virtue and, and we will get through this. But, you know, we got to be patient. We can't rush anything. man. Absolutely. So. You're the absolute best, Chuck Lott. Thank you again for taking time out of your schedule to hop on. And you are welcome on the show anytime, you, my man. friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Big, big, big thank you to Chuck Lott for hopping on to kick off the quote-unquote off-season guest list. Uh, amazing discussion with Chuck, and he's he's become such a pivotal part of the lacrosse community, and uh, he makes those PLL games and those goals that much more memorable. So shout-out to Chuck. Make sure you guys are following him on social media because he's a great follow, especially on Twitter. So much fun. Great guy. Love listening to him. Let's get into uh, Ty Warner. His statement Man. today, this afternoon. We were recording this on Monday evening. Um, came out with a post uh, with the caption on the tweet, My honest thoughts on Black Lives Matter and the lacrosse community. I hope my words are not viewed as an attack on anyone because that is not my intent but rather provide a space for introspection and facilitate further conversation in the lacrosse community. Um, you guys can go ahead and read the statement. It is, you know, it's th- long. three pages long, um, but it also worth the read. You should read it one. Th- you should read it, read it again and then read it again. A um, lot of interesting stuff coming out of this. I mean, he starts it by retiring, first of all. Yeah, Ty, is his career is over. Um, obviously, starting med school while he was still in the bubble makes a ton of sense. It, it was a pleasure to watch Ty in person in 2019 um, and then watching him you know, through TV in the 2020 Championship Series. 
He's a fantastic player. Hopefully, one day we get to see Ty put the cleats back on again. Um, but, you know, cheers to a, a short but fantastic career. Um, won everything he could. Yeah. He, he won three straight championships. Uh, short dating back to Yale, short stick D midi of the year, a leader on and off the field. Um, and I'm actually going to read his statement because I think it needs to be said. You know, some of our listeners might not be on Twitter. Uh, so Ty's thoughts, page one of three. Uh, my time playing the game of lacrosse has been gratifying as I've been fortunate enough to compete on great teams that have enjoyed a considerable amount of success both at the college and professional levels being on the field with groups of guys that are genuine, genuinely selfless and have a common goal of winning. Regardless of who gets the accolades, my time on the field exceedingly enjoyable. Uh, made my time on the field exceedingly enjoyable. Now that my lacrosse career has ended, I've had some time to reflect on my experience as a black man in a predominantly white sport and how I navigated this space both on and off the field, especially in the context of the larger national conversation regarding social injustice at the present time. More poignantly, I'd like to provide some of my thoughts regarding the Black Lives Matter movement as it pertains to the Premier Lacrosse League and the, the lacrosse community as a whole. Before the season, there was a multitude of conversations throughout the league to address the BLM movement sparked by the murder of George Floyd during the time or during this time, black players on each team and I discussed some of our lived experiences and those of family members and friends. We expressed the need to address systemic racism and specific issues, including, but not limited to, police brutality, education reform, healthcare reform, and inclusion in lacrosse. Many conversations also centered around how the league could uh, demonstrate support for the movement in the form of BLM patches, shirts, national anthem demonstrations, etc. Although many people came into these conversations starting an intent to get quote-unquote uncomfortable, learn and listen, many came armed to dispute and argue. Many of these meetings were unproductive because guys were more worried about how they would appear to the public instead of having genuine concern for the issues that many of the black players in the league were raising. Let's so pause there. Break, yeah, that's page one. Uh, so he starts off by retiring, which is, oh my God, that's one way to kick off, uh, your thoughts and introduces some interesting views on what these players were really thinking about before, uh, the season and with the black lives matter movement. It's, I mean, you could definitely tell that there were some players in the league who were just doing it for publicity. I mean, we had some guys take pictures wearing the patch and then not wear it while they were playing. So From that perspective, real quick, though, I do believe, I'm not 100% confident, so nobody quote me on this, I do believe the uh, graphics pictures that were used on the broadcast, uh, every player used a dummy jersey for those. Okay. So that's okay. why that was on some guys' jerseys on graphics, but not in real life. Okay, I did not know that, so that also, makes sense. Also, still very weird. It is very weird, especially considering that saying Black Lives Matter is the bare minimum someone can do for this movement. Uh, that's just trying to get everybody on the same playing field. And I don't know how you can talk with some of these players like Ty Warner, like Kyle Harrison. You Trevor talk to Baptiste. Kyle Harrison and you, Trevor Baptiste and you can't get behind this movement. 
Miles I, Jones, I just don't get it. Brent Adams, Pat Jules Henningberg, Jules Henningberg, Nat St. Laurent. Yeah, I, I just don't. Dominique like, Alexander. I don't, I don't get it, how you can see your teammates and not want to help support them. That's just, it's wild to me. But, that's, should we keep it moving or? Yeah, uh, page two. Because this is where it gets crazy. Page two and on. Spicy stuff. In my conversations with my teammates, I allowed myself to become vulnerable and share my experiences while also allowing space for them to have an open dialogue without judgment. Many of these conversations were with teammates who chose not to wear the BLM patch. In every one of these conversations, I explained that I disagreed with their decision not to wear the patch because the words Black Lives Matter are self-explanatory, not political. I also do not believe these words are strictly anti-police, parentheses, although those issues certainly need to be addressed and fixed, close parentheses, and the most common rebuttals for why they couldn't support the movement. I stated that although I disagreed with them, I respect their decisions. Personally, I did not want anyone to co-opt the movement for their benefit or hide behind the patch, as I believe some players across the league have done, without truly being behind the movement. Therefore, I encourage those who did not want to wear the patch to be able to stand on that decision and be able to explain both privately and publicly why they couldn't say those three words. I'm fearful some of my teammates have misinterpreted my respect uh, for their right to make their own decision as an acceptance of their complacency. Do I believe my teammates are racist for making this decision? No. Do I believe that they're actively anti-racist? Unfortunately, the answer to that is no as well. I think this is true for the vast majority of lacrosse players, partly since this community has not felt obligated to address the issue of systemic racism as directly as we must. In my opinion, people in our sport and beyond may not be racist in the everyday use of the word, but still perpetuate systems of racism and that continue to marginalize black and brown communities. They do so when they make conscious decisions not to speak out against these racist systems, I'd be remiss not to mention that two of my teammates to wear the patch. Uh, I'm sorry. I'd be remiss not to mention that two of my teammates expressed a desire to contribute to black communities advancement without having to wear the patch. I challenge them now to follow through with those desires. I also urge them to first think critically about some of the biases and beliefs that they may currently hold and get to the crux of why black lives matter is so challenging for them to get behind. I believe this will better inform their actions when they try to do their part to help the black community moving forward. That is page two out of three. Yeah, a lot of stuff there, uh, especially considering he was on this Whipsnakes team who, of all of the teams, had the least amount of players wearing the patch. I mean, we saw uh, Coach Starsha the other day tweeting out at Zeddy, uh, letting him know, you know, I'm, gl- I'm proud of you for standing up for what you believe in when he was taking the knee and calling out the whip snakes for not really doing the same. And we saw Coach Stagg's response to that. I mean, the private stuff is, as uh, Ty was saying, kind of weak. Yeah, I mean, like, to have two players demonstrating and it's your two players of, of non-white background, it's a black player in Ty Warner and a Native American in Zed Williams – those are the two, you know, minorities on that team, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, you, 
it was Coach Staggs is in a rough spot because obviously he's going to stand up for his players, but you know there was a lot of Still. hypocritical type of things going on with that, and um, you know now that Ty is, is hanging him up, he, he's full blown going to speak on it. Uh, touching on that too, you saw a lot of guys uh, speaking out for the Iroquois national team, and yes, I am not. Uh, knocking that at all but if you support the Iroquois national team and not the Black Lives Matter movement I think you have to take a deep hard look at yourself in the mirror because you're advocating for one group of uh, marginalized people's rights Mm -hmm. and not the other like you have to support them both I really that's part of my beliefs at least yeah and like you said it's it's nothing against the Iroquois national because they also they they also need our support yes Um, but Page if you th- if you can support one and not the other, there's an issue. Seriously, take uh, a look at t- take a look in the mirror. Page three. I am also fearful uh, that I have played the traditional role of quote their one black friend for some of my teammates. That if they're good with me, they have checked the box and their job is finished. I may have done a poor job of conveying that support of me was not what I was seeking because in doing that and only that it was making the issue solely mine and not theirs as well. I never wanted anyone to feel like they needed to do something to appease me, but rather do things because they believed in them. The hands on our shoulders during the national anthem was that for you or for us allowing us to protest without judgment. Did that truly support us or make you feel better because you thought you were being quote accepting. Maybe it was a mix of both. Perhaps these questions are unfair, but these are the thoughts that uh, come to mind, especially following the stances some guys have taken in prior conversations. I wanted my teammates to begin to understand the bigger context of why I was kneeling, wearing the BLM shirt, etc., and to extend that same understanding and empathy to the entire black community, not just to me. I do not think that these uh, performative actions were required of them. However, feeling alone in those moments was undoubtedly disheartening. I know that may sound contradictory to what I previously stated, but my point is that it would have been nice to at least have some inkling that they truly understood where I was coming from and felt compelled to join me in demonstration. Again, not to appease me, but to fulfill their own wishes and let those moments serve as a harbinger for future actions. We must understand that this conversation needs to continue in the lacrosse community. I wish there was a quick fix and that we could wake up tomorrow and not worry about these issues, but unfortunately we cannot. We've said that we wanted to have uncomfortable conversations, so let's continue to do so. I invite my teammates, other players in the league, and quite frankly anyone in this community to lend their voices to this conversation and provide their unique perspective. Allow yourself to be vulnerable, to be challenged, and ask questions because that is the only way forward. As always, I appreciate all of you. With love, Tyler. Man, that needed to be said, honestly. Mm-hmm. I am so happy that Ty uh, came out and said this. Uh, it was a very well put together, very eloquent statement. Um, I mean, what you expect nothing less of a Harvard med student a Yale-educated Harvard med student. Come on now. Guy's a genius. Um, But, yeah, if he's not playing anymore, he shouldn't feel, like, coerced to not share his feelings. 
I mean, I, I got my I got my thoughts out on this. Uh, you got to support the BLM if you're going to support the Iroquois national team. Uh, it felt a lot of performative stuff was going on with the whip snakes, especially. But yeah, yeah. I mean, to to put your hand on a shoulder during games that you know weren't in the NBC spotlight, um, because that was the only time we saw Zed and and Ty alone taking a knee during the national anthem. Um, was was pretty weak in my opinion on a on a lot of fronts. Um, because you saw a number of guys on on chaos standing by their teammates and and supporting them, and I think it was genuine from those guys. You saw what Troy Ray and Dane Smith together. Troy and and Dane. You saw Mark Lassini and Jared Newman. Um, you know a, a number of guys on chaos, and it, it truly felt genuine from those guys. So. Felt genuine for most of the league as well. Redwoods, yep. they stepped up in a major way. I feel, I feel like Atlas, Paul Rabel. I kind of crapped on him last week for his play in game, but I will never not shout out Paul Rabel for his social justice initiatives. Mm-hmm. I still think he's a great guy. He does a lot of great stuff for every community he can. I think he really stepped up during this. It just felt like Whip Snakes being that premier team as well, being the champions. Being the new champions, not as not only the reigning champs, I feel like they could have done a lot more to promote the movement. Absolutely, and uh, Ty Warner, if you you ever listen to the show, we are with you a hundred percent. We support you absolutely, um, and, and all of your endeavors as you head off to medical school as well. So, Best of uh, luck there too. Shout out to Ty Warner because just an absolute leader and and somebody that this sport needs, even though his career is over for the time being. Hopefully he comes back. I'd love to see him back in a lacrosse uniform one day. Absolutely. Uh, One final segment. The NLL draft is uh, one month away, Harrison. Oh, we're finally, we're so close to being out of limbo. We really are. Draft season is here. We're going to start our draft coverage this week. Harrison's going to be diving into some prospects. Uh, The draft Lineup in the first round, the order is as follows. New York Riptide, the Rochester Nighthawks, the Vancouver Warriors, San Diego Seals, Calgary Roughnecks, the Georgia Swarm from the Colorado Mammoth from the Zeddy Ball Game trade, the Saskatchewan Rush from the Philadelphia Wings from the Ben McIntosh trade, the Georgia Swarm, the Buffalo Bandits, Georgia or Buffalo from Toronto at pick number 10, and I will get into why it is either one of those in just a second. Halifax, Saskatchewan, Georgia from New England, Halifax, San Diego, Philadelphia. Um, And those last three picks are all compensatory picks from free agents leaving uh, those teams. But the number 10 pick in the draft is a conditional pick, and Georgia has until September 1st, 2020 to opt to choose this pick 10th overall in 2020 so if they do pick that Harrison they will have uh I believe yes they'll have four first round picks if they opt into the number 10 overall pick uh or they will receive Toronto's first round selection in the 2022 entry draft after Georgia makes their selection Buffalo receives the remaining Toronto first-round pick. 
if I'm George, I'm taking the four this year. I I, th- I think I really am. That is so much ammunition. Like with 13 That's... teams in the league, you have four of 13 picks. <laughs> it, also, it's like just taking a handful of darts and just chucking them at a board, seeing like, okay, we're taking him, 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 him. Okay, he worked. He didn't work. He worked. He didn't work. And 31%. you can just play off of that. 31% of the first-round picks could be in the hands of the Georgia Swarm. To add yeah, to I, a team that has Lyle and Miles Thompson, that has Randy Stotts, Jordan Hall, Matt Dunn, Mike Bullen in net. Like, this team is, is not going anywhere anytime soon. You got, I don't see how they don't. You got Brendan Bomberry in transition. Like, you can add four blue-chip players in the first round of a draft... And this is an opportunity, too, with the, the uniqueness of 2020. Georgia could throw some darts at the board at guys that may not necessarily be coming out and playing in 2020 but still retain their rights and and play Matt that O'Keefe. game as well. Mac O'Keefe is available. Just keep that in the back of your heads. Like, there, uh, there's a number of opportunities here. For the Georgia Swarm, and that is a headline to pay attention to. Especially in the East Division with New England, Philly, and New York. They're going to need all the pieces they can get if they want to stay competitive. And I mean, if they really want to stay competitive. I'll throw throw a hot take out, because you look at the East Division, where Trevor Baptiste resides, Alex Woodall resides, and Joe Nardella now resides, obviously. George is the one team that doesn't have a true face-off guy. Ooh. Who, who's the one face-off guy that they could throw a dart at in this draft and wait until 2021 for him to come one TD Ireland? Oh, okay. We, we could have a division of... Joe Nardella, Trevor Baptiste, Alex Woodall, and TD Ireland for the next 10 years. That is interesting. That could be a lot of fun. If Yeah, if I'm Georgia and TD's still on the board, I am absolutely taking that because he is a bona fide stud at the faceoff dot. That guy is one of the best prospects I think I've ever seen in college at faceoff. If I'm Georgia, I'm taking TD at pick number eight. Yeah. You, you use pick number six on either an offensive or defensive weapon because the top five, obviously, we know a lot of those guys that are going to be going in there. But yeah, obviously. With all these darts that Georgia has to throw at the board, why not take a guy like TD and really solidify yourself in this East Division and have a legitimate – superstar face-off guy who is arguably the best face-off guy coming out since Trevor Baptiste. Yep. And and finally be able to go toe-to-toe and, and make this the face-off division. Because outside, become... outside of the East, it's it's Jake Withers and, and Jeremy Thompson. I think so. That are like I mean... true bona fide face-off guys in the NLL. Like, Outside of that, there's not much else, and and you see that on a week-in and week-out basis whenever any of these teams play against a team from the East Division. the That East Division team dominates at the face-off. If TD is taken by Georgia, East Division games will become 
crazy fun to watch. It'll just be fast transition goals, I think. Maybe a little bit of settled play, but these guys can get the ball moving. They can get it whipped around, and it's just going to be fun. And they all score. Pure and simple. They all exactly. score. They're all goal scorers. They play defense. And that's underrated. Like... That's such an underrated aspect of literally all four of those guys' games. TD can clamp and move. That guy's got, like, wheels and a cannon to boot. So... You heard it here first. Georgia Swimmer going to take TD Ireland. No, no sources confirming or denying. It's just a, a hunch. It's a hot take. It's a it's a uh, speculation, if you will. Yeah. The Georgia Swarm are going to take TD Ireland in the first round of the draft. It's going to happen. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Make the East confirm the East as the most competitive division in lacrosse. I would say top to bottom, it'd be the most complete. I'd say it would roster wise. You know, you'd have Absolutely. everything at an elite level and yeah. I mean, you can you can make the argument that Philly's already the most complete team going into the season. You can argue that New York has an opportunity to be the most complete team as well. If you throw a face-off guy into Georgia, that a would face-off be face-off guy to to win possession for Lyle and Miles Thompson and Randy Stotts. I, I think Lyle and Miles and Randy, for that matter, their eyes would just go as wide as possible. They'd just be sitting there, big smiles on their face, watching TV run down the center of the zone, just put their stick up, bam, goal, bam, Man. goal, feed me, goal, easy money, BTBs, fun times to be had by the Swarm team. That would make that Swarm team a lot more fun, too. Yep. Just saying. TD Ireland, Georgia Swarm. Let's make it happen. Uh, you guys are the absolute best podcast listeners on the damn planet. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on the social medias at OTB Laxpod, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you're following myself at KBIZZL311 on Twitter. Follow Dom on Twitter at Wash Lifestyle. Harrison, drop the Twitter handle for the people. At HarryGK83, drop me a follow. We're doing hockey lacrosse until the end of my Twitter run, which will not be for some time. Harrison's Twitter run's never going anywhere. It's never going anywhere. It's you're, not. you're a journalism major now. It's not going anywhere. I, I was thinking before all of this that at some point this year I would take a break from Twitter. Nah, that ain't Time to ramp it up. It's, uh, I'm, oh, I'm ramping it up. Like my Twitter is about to hit some steroid level stuff. It's going to be <laughs> fun to watch. I'm telling you right now. Make sure you guys also check out our website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. At some point this week, at the request of one Devin Caney, I will be dropping my top 10 NLL uniforms of all time. Ooh. I have some dark horse ones that nobody's thought about that are pretty new. That I believe, and there's an obvious there. first choice, and uh, some obvious top three. So make sure you uh, keep your eyes peeled for that, and check out the website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, and make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. We are currently sitting at 109 five star ratings and reviews. Get that bad boy up. We're close to getting back to five stars overall as well. Because you guys are the absolute best. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think about the award winners, the the NLL draft, anything in between. Five stars only because we have standards and we know you do too. And you can check us out on Spotify, 
Google Play, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And we'll be back later this week with a potential new guest for the quote-unquote off-season. And uh, again, big shout-out to Chuck Lott, the voice of the Premier Lacrosse League, for hopping on this week. Had a ton of fun chatting with him, and uh, it will not be his last time on OTB. But uh, stay safe, wear a mask, do the right things, and... uh, Keep being your best damn selves. This has been episode number 142 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Harrison, for Dom, who will be back later this week with us, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace.